0: welcome back to Girls in a Pod, a podcast where we talk all about women empowerment, motivation, inspiration, and many controversial topics that we as women face on the daily. Today's podcast is your relationships after having a baby. And by relationships, it could be any. But we will primarily be focusing on the relationship with your significant other, then moving in a little with relationships with your primary family, your in-laws, or significant, other fa- significant other's family, and your friends and close connections. For many of us, many of the ups and especially the downs after childbirth come to us as a surprise when we have a baby. After childbirth, the number one thing that puts pressure and strains on a relationship and ourselves and many other relationships is definitely tiredness. Tiredness, let me tell you. Tiredness and time will 100% show you a person's true colors. Tiredness can come from lack of sleep, from an unbalanced routine with your partner to watch over the baby and take care of the house and then take care of yourself. And on top of tiredness, there is lack of time. Um, time that we usually spent socializing, focusing on our hobbies, spending interview with our partners romantically, time we used to do whatever we wanted whenever we wanted, is sharply reduced. Sharply reduced, too close to almost nothing. Which is why, which is why a balance in your time with baby and time to yourself and time with your significant other is so important. Financial cutbacks are also something that hugely affect and add stress to the, re- to the relationship. And many smaller factors that contribute to the stressors to a relationship. And on top of top of these factors, their mother is most likely going through diagnosed or undiagnosed or known or unknown postpartum depression or PTSD. Due to these factors, they can affect our relationships in the way limited time means limited time with your significant other, a slowdown on your sex life, a slowdown on dates. Lack of time also means less time for women woman to keep up with her appearance less time for a woman to keep up with self-care. And unfortunately, many men aren't mature enough or conscientious enough to understand that. So they get wondering eyes, which adds more stress to a woman, which adds more stress to the relationship. And a common scenario is when one person in the the relationship fails to see that raising a baby is 100% a two-person job and fails to help balance that time for the other person's sanity, usually the mother. Less time means less time keeping up with your friendships, especially when you don't have a a cooperative when you don't have a cooperative partner that is willing to take you to take on the role one hundred percent for you to have some time for yourself and to go out and socialize, and a lot of the times a ton of these friendships are lost. All these things come with more micro factors that on that add on to problems when not dealt with, when not talked about, when not seen by mo by both mother and father. For example, I explained that in my relationship, I I literally educated my boyfriend about all of this. I would send him articles, I would send him TikToks, I would talk to him for hours during those nine months to prepare him mentally for these changes, which I felt like I had to do because sometimes, sometimes men are just dumb, okay? They don't realize what postpartum depression is, they don't realize that you don't mean to be the world's biggest fucking asshole, you're just probably going through some stuff mentally they don't realize that you don't mean you don't mean to look like you've been homeless for 10 years that you just don't have the time or the or the mental capability to be there yet and that's okay that or you, they don't realize that you might still be processing childbirth that you might still be going through or to through really bad postpartum depression on the inside which makes your inner traumas and worst insecurities come out which might cause you to act out for a few months and these are things that we as women have to unfortunately unfortunately educate them on because again men are sometimes a little dumb and don't take it upon themselves to research or to think okay my wife or my girlfriend is bringing a whole human which is a life-altering experience Which surely must come with mental health issues and trauma and shock and postpartum depression and all these other things that might be fucking up her head a little bit, but truly maybe due to me educating my boyfriend or maybe just because he's a good person, I truly believe that because of me educating he me educated me educating. Oh my god. Me educating educating him. Oh my goodness. On some of these things, um I truly believe that it was because of that that he was really mentally prepared and he he was amazing. And I've talked more about my postpartum depression experience on my earlier podcasts and um but basically I was the epitome of a low self-esteem insecure sad Huge as asshole. I was so mean. I wasn't. I was when I wasn't mean. I was crying. When I wasn't crying, I was in a state of being stuck and lost. When I wasn't that, I was trying to be a mom while not trying, while trying not to cry again. I was a ball of anger and sadness and past trauma and insecurities in this big T-shirt, probably with baby spit on it, with hair loss going on, and a forty-pound weight gain. So all this was just hitting me all at once and all I can remember back is just imagine me sitting in the couch like literally staring into space because I was like what the fuck is going on and that's how that whole like time during my postpartum like two whole years after I gave birth felt I just felt like I was stuck in the time loop if that makes sense and all my boyfriend did was love me even more and show me affection even more. He pushed me to make friends, to socialize, to get out the house. He never pushed me to lose weight just to be easy on myself and nicer on my body. He told this day that I am no longer going through postpartum depression, that my mental health is close to being healed. We'll be like, oh babe, go to the gym. I'm his father, also. I got this. You go enjoy your day. Go do something for yourself. Or sometimes, so, or sometimes when we both need a break, we'll leave Nico, which is my son. Nico's his name, with his grandparents, and he'll he'll and my and Artie, my my boyfriend, will go out to bar to a bar with his friends. Will I go with my friends? Or we'll go. Bo- we'll both go on a date. Or we'll simply just stay home and lay in bed and watch movies. How we used to do pre baby. We take turns napping. We keep each other's energies in mind. We have, we just are both very mindful of each other and create that perfect balance that keeps us flourishing as a couple. Because he could have easily left me when I was like the biggest asshole on earth to him. He could have easily left me to tend to the baby all by my, myself, but he never did that. And I truly appreciate that. Now, I'd like to say, we're, we we now I'd like to say we're pretty strong together and have overcome those setbacks and the er- that we went through in the early stages of childbirth. And I'd like to say he is a good person all his own, but I'd like to say it's because I truly, truly took it upon myself to educate him so all these things that I was going through wouldn't take him by surprise. You know, he deserves to know what's coming. One thing I truly had to learn was communication and listening. I was always a person that could not, for any circumstance, allow myself to express my feelings. Like, seriously, I would... It's like that feeling when you try to express your feelings and you literally physically feel like you're choking or there's something stuck in your throat and you just can't get those words out and it's literally painful it felt like my throat was burning and I was like on the verge of tears every single time I try to communicate either to my teachers my boyfriends to my mom and it's because of that it's because I could never um growing up my mom would never allow me to communicate back because it was a form of disrespect so I think I grew up with that but I had to, for the sake of my relationship and my mental health and my boyfriend's mental health, I had to learn how to communicate and listen. I communicated how my postpartum depression was going, what I thought, what I felt, the ugly, the pretty. And due to my postpartum depression and past relationship traumas, one of my biggest negative traits is to self-sabotage myself. I was so used to a relationship in my past in my past with so much toxicity, always on and off, always drama, and negative surprises that this healthy stable and normal relationship felt off to me it felt boring it felt plain and I told my boyfriend that and he 100% understood and was like well I love you and I know you love me so what can we do to fix this and he became more affectionate with me more surprising in a good way Mm -hmm. added more spice and thrill to our relationship and he communicated what he needed for me and it was it was not to be the this asshole of a person I've become with my postpartum depression anymore. We found ways that easily allowed us to communicate like patience, a sense of humor, understanding, willingness, and found the perfect times to talk, meaning when the baby would be asleep or with his grandparents. But um, truly though, our humor, we both have a really dark sense of humor. So it's really easy for us to talk about things, whether it's us, whether it's what we need from each other, whether it's future plans, whether it's financial stuff, whether it's our sex sex life. Every single time we communicate using using humor and it always ends good. (laughs) And I, I really recommend it to use humor, you know. Another thing someone asked me once is how to keep the spark alive in my relationship and have that excitement be there after going through childbirth and postpartum depression and your body changing your mental health going through many changes well first it's that example that i gave with my with my boyfriend of like talking to him and communicating him and letting him know what's coming and also being in touch with your sexuality and sensuality and femininity again listen to my last few few podcasts about that to get more information on that but basically once we heal from my from our past traumas and postpartum depression and the mother wound and generational trauma and all these traumas you accumulate through your life on earth you slowly let down your guard and your walls that you create around your heart and your mind to protect yourself you this which is called the masculine energy all these walls you put around you to protect yourself is the masculine energy so once you start healing that masculine energy starts going away and slowly comes out your feminine energy and you when the feminine energy comes out meaning you are truly healing you allow yourself to love you allow yourself to see the world for its beauty for its positives. You allow yourself to be patient and kind, to feel beautiful in your own body, to be graceful with all living things, to be considerate of others' others' feelings. And this is what gets you in touch with your sensuality and your and your feminine. You guys will always hear me talk a lot about this. And it's because everything we do and everything we face on earth, trauma and all these things, generational trauma, the mother wound, and soon enough, try to heal from these things as women, and yes, even men, allows to be closer to our divine feminine, and in one way or another, close to that true, relaxed, unprotected, nurturing, and kind selves. And when we do that, we can enjoy the true meaning in life. So many of you might be asking, okay, well, what the fuck does this have to do with anything, right? What does this have to do with rekindling that spark with your partner? It has everything to do with it. Use me as an example. Again, <laughs> when I was going through my postpartum depression, which again reignited old trauma, old untreated trauma, trauma from an ex, trauma from my childhood, from my childhood, <laughs> my childhood, generational trauma, trauma from my past experiences. Basically, every single trauma I've accumulated in my life that I have never resolved. Um, basically my feminine energy was nowhere in me it was so deep in me that my masculine energy basically took over put all these barriers up barriers up all these walls up to protect me my guard was completely up i didn't allow myself to see the beauty in anything and always focused on the negatives negatives like fear body issues sadness gloomy days anger issues shutting myself out from relationships being mean rude disrespectful jealousy all these which 100% will cause issues in my relationship once i fix these issues in myself my relationship blossomed we flirt we date we play like kids ask anyone we love each other so healthily and tmi but our sex life is like amazing i feel confident within myself so it allows me not to protect my insecurities onto him and have our own separate lives while also loving and trusting each other and that's what a healthy relationship is is like and should be like having being together but also leading separate lives where you completely trust each other now let's talk about relationships with the grandparents meaning your in-laws or your boyfriend your boyfriends or partners as parents or your parents so basically bringing a baby into your life changes your relationships with your family and your friends whether you're a part of a couple or a single or single few. Everyone's situation is different. For example, some mothers feel that their own mothers are taking over, whereas others resent the fact that their mothers don't help them enough. It's best to be clear about the kind of help you want rather than going along with what's offered and feeling resentful and just communicate what you need. Your relatives are also kind of getting used to a completely new relationship with you, a completely new version of you. They won't know what to do for the best unless you tell them or you communicate that to them. You may find your old friends stop coming to see you or they seem to expect you to drop everything and go out for the evening or go out for the night. This can make keeping up with with friendships really difficult, but also communication is key. Explain to them how your life has changed. They, they, a lot of, Sometimes I find that a lot of my friends that don't have babies don't understand how hard it is mentally and physically to have a baby they might not understand the changes you're going through um, and just keep in touch and keep some space for them in your life as the supportive friends can be really valuable so for me i don't really have a lot of issues with my family nor my in-laws um i'm not married but i it's easier to call them in-laws um i don't have a lot of issues i feel i trust them both completely one thing i do I feel like I had a lot of resent, resentment, a lot of resentment t- towards my mom because um, she doesn't babysit my son as much as my boyfriend's parents do. But, you know, I can't do that anymore. I can have that resentment because their situations are completely different. My My boyfriend's parents are empty nesters now they just have one older daughter and they have much more time on their hands whereas my mom and my parents have a little three-year-old boy and then my two teenage siblings and then my young adult brother you know it's too much for them and then they also work at 5 a.m so I understand that you know and they try they do try sometimes but I'm not gonna lie I really truly wish there was more there as grandparents you know because i see how my boyfriend's gra- um, my boyfriend's parents treat my son and it's it's like that that grandparent relationship everyone wishes to have and i truly love that for my son you know but i do love my parents equally as much and i can't really hold out against them because again they are my parents but yeah so the last one i wanted to mention and i didn't really quite uh, add like advertise this one it was the relationship with yourself Um, and specifically to cut that bounce back culture out of your head become becoming a mother means more than entering a new life stage it's a transformation of your life mentally even your identity and physically for many women it's like to be the it's, it's likely to be the first time they've been completely responsible for a small vulnerable human, one who needs them constantly. It might also be the first time that moms haven't worked or are financially dependent on a partner, particularly in countries without in countries without adequate parental leave or child care support. They may they be, they may be contending with financial stress. And when or if they do return to their careers, moms often, often feel the pressure to project an image that motherhood hasn't changed them often to avoid the motherhood penalty you know in which women see their wages and jobs um suffer and it's something that is socially and um there and it's a societal pressure for sure that's even um even though it's well known that becoming a parent not only affects people's priorities but even changes the brain All of this happening, of course, at a time when many women are more exhausted than they've ever been. They're recovering physically from pregnancy and birth. And more than a quarter of women are experiencing mental health challenges like postpartum depression or birth-related PTSD. Yet, on top of all of these omnipresent stressors, mothers are contending with the pressure to bounce back. Many cultures, especially here in the U.S., put immense pressure on postpartum women to look like pregnancy, birth, and motherhood never happened, and quickly. Many new new moms feel that they have to do a lot to prove that their pregnancy didn't change them or their bodies at all, um, including myself, you know, and I feel like when I first gave birth, that was a very huge thing to the bounce back culture. Now I feel like people are like snapping out of that. And it's just an an unattainable reality for many, you know? And women, me, myself, and I included, still internalize this pressure and sometimes push my bodies to the brink in dangerous ways. So again, I've explained this before, like when I first gave birth to my son. I was so worried about getting my body back that I didn't get quite to enjoy him, you know. And that's what like one of my biggest regrets ever is that I was too focused on that. And then also while being too focused on that, I was doing it the wrong way. I'm very to the gym now, but I feel like I'm healthily into the gym. When I first got into the gym, I was like in the gym for the wrong reasons. I 100 my, hated my body and that's not how you're supposed to see a fitness journey I feel now. And I just jumped right into it. I was eating like nothing. I was drinking water and fruits and vegetables all day. And that's not how you're supposed to feed your body. Um, I've seen people who start exercising just a week after postpartum who then had issues with like, cervical stuff because they went too hard to try to like change their bodies or try to get into it right away you know we need to rest it's okay to rest um i've also seen that like i i seen this article where it says i've also had birthing parents who were breastfeeding but who cut down their calories too drastically And their milk supply tanked. It just went away. Even in a healthy and complicated pregnancy and delivery, the body changes are a great deal. Many of those psychological changes mean that a return to a vigorous exercise or cutting calories like crazy needs to be undertaken with with a ton of caution. Other physical transformations may be here to stay, making bounce back culture an impossible goal. You don't need to rush back into anything if you are too tired, overwhelmed, or just not ready. So ask yourself whether the desire to to change your body again or to enter that bounce bounce back culture mentality is because it's something you want and need, or it's something that you feel you should get back into because of societal pressures or because you're trying to prove some prove something. If you're feeling pressured by your partner or the outside world or social media then take a breath and slow down. It's important to understand your internal sexual desires and needs and not take them and not take on those of others, you know, for yourself. I also saw something about something called the husband sedge. and I did not know ever know that was a thing until I read about it. And I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Like sometimes if you don't know what the husband stitch is, it's when a doctor you either ask for it, your husband asks for it, or your doctor just gives it to you without your consent. They add an extra stitch down there so you can be tight again for your husband. I was like, what the fuck? And and that's just crazy for me. So if you don't want to stitch your badge, don't do it, girl. But anyway, this is my the end of my podcast. I hope you guys took something away from this one. If you guys want me to further this more and go more into detail i definitely will um i am going to be um putting more options for you guys or you guys can simply just message me stuff you want me to talk about or research more i'll do the research girl and i'll i'll like deliver it to you all right you guys have a nice night or day whenever it is you're listening to and thank you for listening